Hi, this is Jeff Richards, Columbus, Ohio. You're listening to Barbecue Central. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How's it going? You have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what? What? What seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate two feet for wiener. But listen, Laverne, shit feast. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. And just like that, we are into the second hour. Welcome aboard. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Live every Tuesday from 9 to 11 p.m. If you're just coming in now, you've missed the first hour. Don't worry. We're recording this show at the same time, so you can get it on podcast. First hour is released tomorrow, and the second hour is released on Thursday. All very early in the morning. Friday, we have a brand new edition of the Best Moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less. This week, Meathead and Sam the Cooking Guy from 2014 show up. Meathead talks about ham, all things ham. Sam the Cooking Guy talks about one-armed chefs, electrocuted bears. He also gives Mother's Day gift suggestions. Again, you have to be subscribed to the Barbecue Central Show podcast, which you can do on any podcast platform at this point. And the show will be delivered to you each and every Friday. Again, the first hour of this show delivered Wednesday. The second hour delivered on Thursday. Also, don't forget, every Friday, mostly, I show up on WINT, the local Cleveland station here. Well, I guess technically it's Willoughby. You can find that 1330 AM or 101.5 FM simulcast. Anybody outside of the local Willoughby area or within 15 or 20 miles after that, WINTradio.com is the best way to do it. They have an online stream there as well. Now, I am out for the John Coupo show again this coming Friday. The remote test was unsuccessful last week. And to be honest, I'm not sure how we aren't able to get this done. It's not from my end or lack of want to try from both the host of the John Coupo show and the engineer at WINT. But for whatever reason, it just can't be figured out how to feed the show back to me so I can hear what they're saying. They can hear me. I can't hear them. So maybe someday they will figure out how we can connect. I've actually provided the bridge to connect as well, and it will sound really good, like studio quality good. But it's not going to be this week. Maybe, just maybe, we'll figure it out sooner than later. The following week, I will be back in studio, but this coming weekend is the Mideast Qualifier in Indianapolis. So we're going to be out starting Thursday. However, a Barbecue Central Show exclusive news update. Breaking news here in Cleveland, Ohio. I have secured a reservation for seven at St. Elmo's. 
Steakhouse on Friday. Come see me there. 9 p.m. because we play in the afternoon wave, unfortunately. But 9 p.m., I will be enjoying succulent St. Elmo's shrimp cocktail, which, of course, is world famous. People walk up on the street and look in the window at the dude making shrimp cocktail at St. Elmo. Not a, not a lie. That's the truth. When Monday Night Football is in town, they put a camera on the shrimp cocktail window. I'm debating currently on whether I'm going to go 60-day dry-aged strip steak or 45-day-aged ribeye. Would love your instant feedback if you're in the YouTube chat. Should I get 60-day, 12-ounce New York strip or 45-day dry-aged ribeye, 16-ounce? You tell me. I have my mind 85% set up, but I'm really looking forward to getting me an order of Scrimp's cocktail, and I am going to go with tomato juice in lieu of navy bean soup. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you've never been to the institution. That is St. Elmo, and I'm looking forward to getting back there. All right, so the National College Admissions Scandal. I got Stephen Reichland's take on it in the first hour, so if you missed that, go back and get it in podcast. Uh, this story broke after the show on Tuesday last week, so there's been a lot of info put out since the initial push, and I'm not really going to get into what all happened or what it's all about per se. If you aren't familiar, at a very, very, very high level, rich people are buying their kids' way into college and paying a shitload of money for it, In some cases, more than the school's tuition would be for a four-year span at full retail, and no one pays full retail. The two faces, for whatever reason, of this scandal are the uh, one of the ladies from Desperate Housewives. I don't know which one. And Aunt Becky from Full House. You know, the hot chick. What's her name? Lori something. By the way, at whatever age she is, Still super hot. Good for you, Aunt Becky. Way to go. So here's my take, and it has a few prongs. And look, I'm close to this because I have a senior in high school. We've been doing the whole college thing for the past two years almost. I'll be doing it again starting next year with the daughter that's a sophomore, and then I'll be doing it again a few years after that with my daughter that is currently in seventh grade. And the narrative is this. Parents these days don't make their kids work for anything. The kids, in turn, don't appreciate anything, and they expect everything. That's entitlement in its very essence. The other narrative is the rich live by a different set of rules and will buy whatever they want, including admission into colleges. Here's a question for the rich, whatever that means to you. And while I can't live in that reality where money isn't a true matter of concern month to month, where I could chip off some bag a quarter mil to try and get my kid into college? Are your kids the ones asking to go to Yale or Harvard or USC, or are you trying to go back to make sure that you can say that your kid goes to a certain school because that's what it looks like? The school my oldest is trying hard to get into right now, Division II school, full tuition, room and board, all the other expenses, all in. $49,000 a year. 
I'm no mathematician, but that's $200,000 over a four-year span. That's before any assistance. Are you telling me that paying more than that full amount is worth it? For what? I'm going to let you in on a little secret, and I'm not sure if everybody's going to agree with me here. Most kids should not be going to college right after high school. It's a bad next step that has been pushed down from generation to generation. And at the rate the colleges have increased tuition over the past 10 years or so, you're pissing your money away if you aren't ready to specialize immediately going into college. But how realistic is that? You're 18 years old. Do you know what the hell you wanted to be or do for the rest of your life when you were 18 years old? Some of you probably did. But I doubt it's the majority of us. Kids are going to school because they think that's where they're going to figure it all out. Wrong. That's an old-fashioned mindset. That thinking is broke. And it's going to cost you tens of thousands of dollars, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars. Instead of going to college, go serve your country for four years. Find a passion while earning money for college when you eventually get there. There's not a time limit on when you have to start and finish college. Or if the military isn't your thing, go intern at various companies. See what you like. See what you don't like. See what real life is like. Because here's a newsflash. College isn't real life either. Not everyone is made for college. Not everyone gets accepted to college. The time to learn that life is tough is right here and right now. And the parents who try to get their kids out of every jam or buy them everything, including their way into college, is not helping anyone. You're so concerned with being your kid's friend. Fuck that. Be their parent. Your job isn't to be their friend with your kids. If you're worried about being their pal, you suck as a parent. Sacrifice your friendship and do these things instead. Teach them a work ethic. Teach them the value of a dollar. And make them buy their own shit. Teach them accountability for their actions. Follow through on the punishments that you are threatening with. Teach them compassion. Teach them self-sacrifice. Teach them how to win with class. Teach them how to lose with the same class. Teach them how to control their emotions and not let their emotions control them. Teach them how to de-escalate dangerous situations with their words but also teach them how to handle themselves when those words don't work to de-escalate that situation. Teach them now that life isn't fair, but hard work will always pay off no matter what. Do all that shit as a parent. Create a valuable and contributing member to society. When did the switch happen to parents wanting to be their kids' buddies? If I want a friend, I'll go to barbecue competitions or I'll sit outside my porch and hang with neighbor Desmond. Remember, it's okay to not do what everyone else is doing or thinks you should be doing. And rich people, stop buying your kids' way into colleges. It's ruining it for the kids who are busting their asses. That's not fair to them. Aunt Becky paid two hundred and fifty grand a kid to get into USC. USC! No offense to USC, but I got to imagine 250 grand buying me a better school to get into than USC. 
Is that even like a good school anymore? I'd buy my way into OU. That's what I'd do. 97 Bobcat. Guilty as charged. All right, Dion Blumenreiter coming up out of the break. It was mentioned by Robin Lindar's last hour, Green Mountain Grills. Actually, it was mentioned by Stephen Reichlin before Robin has one on set. Some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. I own two, hoping feverishly to get my hands on a prime cooker as well. So they have the traditional line like I have. They're just announced and released the prime line that's been out for a couple months now. Great new features, new chassis, much more solid, great pellet consumption and pellet efficiency. They've gone to the 12-volt power, gives you precise control over the fan. So you will notice quite an increase in pellet efficiency when it comes to the burn. Temperature control right on line with that as well. If you need something pretty big, Jim Bowie. That's the biggest one they make. That's the one you're going to look at. If you want something a little more medium-sized, Daniel Boone is there. Now, portable... But still good capacity, Davy Crockett. That's the one that actually born out the at 12 born out. That's the one that actually started the 12 volt power revolution. And by the way, if you're looking hard enough, they're not the only ones that are starting to adopt this. They were the first ones, but they're now not the only ones adopting 12 volt. And we'll leave it at that. Don't forget that the Daniel Boone and the Jim Bowie, you can rip the guts out. You can put in that pizza oven insert, and now you have Pizza Party Rando. The indomitable Steve Brondano might show up at your house for pizzas. It's so fun. On a Saturday, you get the pizza oven insert going. I run mine at about 350 on the cooker, so it's about 700 on the stone. And we're throwing pizzas in and out of there every two, three, maybe four minutes, depending on what we have going on. So fun. GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. Check them out today. Dealers only. Got to go to the mom and pop, not online. GreenMountainGrills.com. Find yours today. Dion Blumenreiter coming up out of the break. Stick around. Be right back. Show giving you a monthly visit from a doctor of barbecue, a man actually named Meathead, the author of a barbecue Bible, bloggers, reviewers, competitors, and manufacturers by the dozens. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. And this portion of the show being brought to you by Smithfield. Are you signed up for the Smoking with Smithfield National Barbecue Championship? Hmm? Registration is free. Sign up today. Hit the website, smokingwithsmithfield.com, S-M-O-K-I-N, smokingwithsmithfield.com for all the details. Also, there's still a few spots left to be a part of this year's Smoking with Smithfield Committed Cooks program, but do not delay. That is the same website you're going to use, smokingwithsmithfield.com. All right, last quarter, I introduced you to a gentleman by the name of Dion Blumenreiter. He's on a mission to bring his barbecue sauce, which he feels is truly unique to the market. He reached out to me a while back, told me about his quest, and I thought, hey, this would be a great barbecue documentary. Follow Dion from where he started and then track his progress throughout once per quarter. 
Well, the first quarter of 2019 is almost up, so that means it's time for a check-in and an update. So we race to the hotline and welcome back friend of the show, Dion Blumenrader. Dion, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well, Greg. How are you? I'm absolutely fabulous. Appreciate you joining me here as we go ahead and get the update. Now, before we get into some of the bullet points that we were talking about offline, uh, for the folks that might be tuning in for the first time or didn't go all the way back, you know, the last uh, three months or so and consume all those podcasts, uh, just a quick little background about your history of the live fire experience and then, of course, the genesis of the one sauce. Yeah, sure. Uh, I got into uh, live fire cooking with a friend of mine. Um, he got me to come up and do a rib contest with him and introduced me to that. And uh, we got we created our own uh, uh, barbecue team called Big Hoss Barbecue out of that. Uh, we do a lot of backyard stuff around here. We don't have a lot of time to do the KCBS stuff because it's so far away. But um we, we, that's what got me into the live fire cooking and got me into barbecue, got me interested in that. And then from that, uh, my son is on the football team and this fall, the, the family members always cook a meal for the kids on the Thursday before Friday night game. And my son asked me if uh, big Hoss would, would cook some, some pork butts. So we did. And I, I was just sitting here, uh, you know, I, I was going to, I send the, the bottle of barbecue sauce, uh, whatever it was I had at the time. And, and I got to thinking, well, maybe the kids would like something a little different. And I, I tried to come up with a, uh, like a mustard based sauce to put on it. And so I just sit in my kitchen and I, I don't know where it came from. Just ideas. I just threw a bunch of shit in a bowl and, and, uh, mixed it up, tried it. And, and it turned out to be something really unique and, the kids really enjoyed it. Everybody that tried it really enjoyed it. And it's kind of caught momentum after that. And everyone that's had it is, is asking for more. And I've, I've really made a lot, a lot of sauce for people around it. I'm not making a nickel on it yet, but I hope that will change someday. Dion Blumenreiter joining me here on the show. All right, Dion. So uh, when we were ending last, uh, last quarter, you were getting ready to make a visit over to the co-packer. Of course, we talked about how you'd found them and what kind of a, a current relationship you were having with them. So uh, how did the visit go and, and what actually transpired there? Uh, the visit went wonderfully. Uh, my my oldest son and I went down to Golden, Colorado to Red Law Sauce is the name of the co-packer. Um, it's a nine-hour drive for us from here. Wow. Uh, we headed down there with our recipe and our ingredients and what they wanted us to do was to make that sauce right there in front of them <laughs> so they could see the technique see what goes in it um and if there's any special uh, uh instructions that go with it which there's not in mine because mine doesn't involve uh cooking or chopping ingredients and stuff like that that gets way more elaborate so mine's a pretty easy sauce they call it a dump and go is what they call it um, so I went, we made our sauce in front of them and then they did some tests on it. They did what they would call a Boswick test, mm-hmm. um, which tests the viscosity or the consistency of it. I guess I, you know, when I was telling you the bullet points for that, I, I guess I really don't know why they need to know that. I think it has something to do with the way they, when they pack it, they need to know what thickness or consistency it's going to be up. I guess I'm not really sure. We ran the test, though, and, and found out what the number was. They did a, a time on it. And then uh, the biggest thing we found out was the, uh, is the, 
the pH, you got to have the acidity right on these sauces so that they can have a, a stable shelf life for an extended period of time or however long it takes until someone actually buys it, uh, cracks the seal, and then, of course, you go to refrigerate after opening after that. But we had to get the acidity of it right, and uh, that took a little time. That, that took some work to get the acidity right and not ruin the flavor of it. Um, we, we started with apple cider vinegar to try to get some more acidity in it, and the more we were adding, it was changing the flavor of it, and it was kind of bothering me. Um, so then, and that was, I was working with um, a different person. So then the, the owner of Redlaw came in there and he's really, really smart. And he come in and he said, well, let's, let's use this ingredient instead, forget the, the apple cider vinegar. So we use this other ingredient and boom, we got the pH right where we wanted it, took hardly anything. And, and it tastes exactly like it's supposed to. It didn't change the flavor of it all. So I was really happy with the way that turned out. So when you show up at the co-packer and they're going to make you cook a batch of your sauce, are you doing, you know, just a, a normal pot full? Or are you doing, you know, a couple 20, 30 gallons of sauce? Because, I mean, I would have to imagine at a, at a smaller rate, uh, or maybe they're just telling you weigh everything so then, you know, for the weights of stuff, then they're able to extrapolate that out for a, a true commercial run? Exactly what we did. Yep. Uh, I went down there and... and and my original batch that I sit here and do at home or that I've got the recipe written for is for, I think it turns out to be 54 ounces. And they, they needed me to make two gallons of it. So the biggest thing we did was, was first off, you turn all the teaspoons and tablespoons and, and all that. Everything has to be done in weight. So you take all the liquid measurements and all the, the teaspoons and the cups and whatever, you turn everything into weight. So we had to scale everything. And then we had to do a bunch of math, which is my Achilles heel. That's why I take my older son along with me. And we had to convert everything and then double it and get it to where we could make a, a gallon recipe that, that now we can translate that gallon recipe into five gallons, 20 gallons, 50 gallons, whatever. And I think our first run is going to be, I believe we're going to do a 50 gallon first run is what we're aiming to do. Dan, from a when, when we're talking about that pH, because that was really interesting, you were talking about adding more and more apple cider vinegar. What was the ingredient that the owner came in and said, "Oh, here, just do this," and it knocked everything out of the park? Uh, citric acid. Hmm. So in a powder form, he he come in and just sprinkled a little, uh, like it wasn't even hardly a, a teaspoon of it in there. I know it wasn't. It was a quarter of a teaspoon in there, and just boom, that changed it. That took care of all the pH that we, he was looking for, and it didn't change the flavor at all. And then, of course, after I figured that out, there's so much of this stuff that after I've seen how that's done, I look on labels of all this other stuff, and I realize, oh, yeah, citric acid's in about you know a ton of different stuff on the shelf. Well, it's because it's making it shelf-stable until you buy it, and then you can kick it into the refrigerator and keep it fresh. Were there any things that they were telling you after they see you make it, they see all of your ingredients that they turn around and say, Hey, instead of X, Y, and Z ingredients that you're currently using in order to make it more cost effective, potentially more profitable for you per bottle, let's remove these ingredients and put in these in their place. And it will give you roughly the, the same kind of taste. Cause I would imagine that all has to be weighing into your decision-making as well. Where do you 
go out of what your normal recipe is in order to maximize any kind of a profit. That's exactly right. And they, and they were telling me a different options I had for, for a couple of my ingredients. And I adapted one of them that they talked about, but I have a, a certain ingredient in, in one sauce that is, makes it really unique and I can't substitute it. I've, I've been trying, I've been looking online. Um, the people down there told me, well, we think this is basically what that is that you're putting in there. And, and I tried to, I can't find a substitute and it turns out it's a pretty expensive ingredient, mm. but I can substitute the rest of them. Um, there, there's not anything too outlandish or off the wall with my other ingredients. So I, I have been looking online. I have found a, a restaurant supplier where I can get that stuff at a fraction of the cost of what, you know, I'm paying around here when I go to the grocery store and grab it off the shelf. So I have got all that kind of figured out. I've got all that dialed in and, and I'm trying to figure out what my cost per bottle is going to be. And the, the biggest thing that, oddly enough, the biggest snag that I've run into so far is the bottle. The actual bottle itself, uh, I went through a company that they'd recommended. And my son and I even went there and visited them that day because they're in Golden, Colorado. And thought we had that all laid out, what we were going to do. And for whatever reason... I just have not gotten anywhere with those people on the bottle that I need. Hmm. And so I've been on my own looking for a different bottle company and I found one, found the bottle I like, uh, found the cap I like, but now we're talking about quantities. Hmm. Uh, of course, you know, the more you order, the cheaper it gets. And we're talking, you know, what am I going to do with 2,200 <laughs> bottles if this stuff doesn't sell? So, but that's where I get my best price, and I'm trying to get everything else as cheap as I can because you know there's an ingredient in my sauce that's expensive, and I can't do anything about it. Are these plastic bottles? Are you going glass bottle, and, and how do you decide which way to go? Nope, I'm going plastic. It's going. It's a. They call it PET. Is the material yep. that it's made out of, and it's going to be a, an hourglass shaped squeeze bottle with a flip top cap because. Um, one sauce is, is more than anything. It's a condiment. It's, it's, as I said before, I'm, I'm coming square for ranch. I'm, I'm planning to take Hidden Valley down. <laughs> um, I, I would imagine that you took more of an in-depth tour of the facility after you do your cooking or, or maybe even before you do it, you get a, a full lay of the land and wondering what your thoughts were on the facility itself. I was very impressed. Uh, you know, everything's stainless steel, of course, and, and everything is, it, it's, it's a factory. Everything is run on a conveyor belt and there's stations for everything. Um, all the people that I met there were really nice and, and they didn't, you know, they're busy making other stuff at the time. Uh, there was a, uh, there's a, a herbal tea or something that they signed a deal with somebody to make and they were in full run production of this tea. Everybody's busy as hell running around there and they still all stop to shake my hand and, and talk to me and tell me what, what my sauce would be doing and where it would be made. And I, uh, they were all really, really good to work with. I've, I've had nothing but good to say about those people. Dion Blumenreiter talking to me about one sauce, uh, of course, his team, uh, big Hoss barbecue. And, uh, we're just kind of getting a, a quarterly update here as we're doing the barbecue documentary with Dion here as he gets the sauce to market. From a paperwork standpoint, Dion, are you and the co-packer under some type of an exclusive contract, or is it just like a run-by-run basis? Are they 
under some type of a secrecy did not share your recipe? Do they now own your recipe? I mean, how does that work? No, we. Uh, I'm not under a contract exclusively for them for this. I, I'm sure at any point after my first initial run that I paid for, I can switch, but I see no reason to do that. But yeah, we we right in the way. Uh, excuse me, right away in the beginning, we signed a, a non-disclosure agreement, um, which protects my recipe that they won't share it or can't share it with anybody else. Um, there is an awful lot of of paperwork though to, that goes into this. That you know, obviously, I've never done this, so I didn't realize there's a lot of stuff that goes into this, and the the paperwork that has to be sent into the to the government for the FDA label. Um, and then we got to get a barcode. I got to buy a barcode and have that put on there. Um, I'm working with the people down there in, in Golden that are working on the label, and they're just waiting for the bottle so they can see what parameters they've got to work with for the label. But we're working on a design. We've got a design, a couple of them picked out that we need to finalize. Um, then I'm trying to buy a, I, I did, I bought a website. Um, haven't created the, the page or anything, but I bought the domain name. Um, this, there's a lot of stuff that goes into this. And then when this gets into full swing, there is going to be a little bit of a snag for me because when this gets into full uh, uh, swing, I'm going to be in the middle of having to go farming. And I can tell this is going to take a lot more time than I anticipated. So we're going to have to to delegate duties to my son or, or my wife is she's, she's a hundred percent behind this. So hopefully she gets more involved because it's going to get to be a lot of work here for a while. Deanne, let's talk some finance here. Obviously, you're not selling anything yet, so I would imagine uh, gross profits are uh, currently right around zero. But let's talk about expenses from when you started to where we're at today. Obviously, you said you're still waiting on bottles and or, or you've picked them, but uh, you know you're, you're in a little bit of a snag there. I would assume there's still other stuff to do yet before you're finally done with all the lead up here to getting the sauce to market. So what are you in from a dollar figure wise right now, as we talk to you here on the, in the second quarter interview? Well, I was in, uh, as I said, in that first interview, I'm in about $1,500. That's the initial contract that you signed with Red Law. Um, so I'm still in that. And of course now I'm in a trip to Golden, Colorado, which is a motel room and there was meals and stuff involved with that. So there's probably another $400 involved there. Um, now I'm, now I'm buying those, those restaurant ingredients that I was telling you about, and, and I'm making my own sauces here to make sure I got my, my, my sauce perfected with their ingredients. So I'm out another, I think that was $230 for all those ingredients. I've got gallons and gallons of ingredients here. Um, and now I'm looking at about between the, the caps and the bottles, I'm looking at another Depending on the quantities I go with, I'm looking at another five to six hundred dollars for the bottle, um, and that's that's all I know right now. Other oh, and the domain name, which cost me one hundred twenty-five dollars, I got two domain names locked up, so I can use either one of them. So I'm into this for you know a little over twenty twenty-five hundred dollars, I suppose, right now. Yeah, I'm uh, adding it up there, and you're probably a couple hundred short of three grand. So, I mean, it's not like uh, earth-shattering money, but I mean, it's three thousand in the hole, and uh, you know, the, you're not selling anything yet. But I would assume that this—have you exceeded the amount out of pocket at this point, or did you figure that this was, you know, right around where you were budgeting? That's just kind of what I figured. Uh, 
I, I had a little rough idea. I, I had a rough idea, and then from listening to other people on your show, Crawford's was one of them that talked about what it was going to take, and, and I kind of figured it was going to be a $5,000 deal when I get all said and done, which, granted, that's a lot of money, and I understand that, sure. but when you're, when you're a farmer and you're dealing with the goddamn numbers that I deal with, that really getting this business launched and going seems relatively cheap to me, and at least at the end of the rainbow, I can see that there is going to be a potential for profit. And I can't, can't say that about farming right now. Have you guys talked about price point on the barbecue sauce yet, or, or are we not there yet? We're not quite there yet, but I know talking to my friends and my wife and my family, everybody, we, we know where we think we need to be. We need to be. Uh, I was talking to my friend the other day about it. I said, if you, you know what it tastes like, you like it, you enjoy it. When you see it on a shelf and it's at $8 a bottle, what are you thinking? And he said, well, I, I'm thinking that's too much. Yeah. And I said, so where do I need to be? And he says, well, if you can keep it at $6 a bottle right in that area, he said, I, I have no problem with it. He says, you get close to that $8, he said, that's going to turn a lot of people off. And I agree. Dion Blumenrader joining me here on the show. What are the next steps here before we let you go and, and look ahead to next quarter? Okay, next step is actually, and I'm going to do it tomorrow, is order the bottles, order the caps, have them sent uh, directly to Redlaw. And then they told me when they got those, they can finish the paperwork on and get the FDA label gone and, and sent. So that'll come back, and then I can call Amy, the designer, tell her what the shape or show her whatever it's, it's, I can send her, I guess, an email and she wants to know exactly what I settled on. And then she's going to finish up the design. And that's something else, Greg, I forgot to tell you the design with her is going to be $650 when it's all said and done. I had to put a deposit down to get her going on it, mm -hmm. but it's going to be $650 to design the label for it. So I forgot to add that in there. Yeah. So now we're uh, towards 3,500 bucks right now. We're going to get to that five real quick. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, do we think we're going to be selling barbecue sauce by the next time we talk, or are we going to be just on the precipice? I think we are going to be. I talked to Jake at Red Law today, and he told me, he says, if everything, if I get my end done uh, as soon as I'm supposed to, then he expects we'll be having a run here by the end of, won't be this month, I guess, but the end of next month, we'll, we'll have it ready to sell. Dion Blumenrader, he is my barbecue documentary, uh, tra uh, tracking his progress from start to getting his sauce to market, currently in around uh, 34, 3500 bucks. Uh, he's got some things to do tomorrow, and we will catch up with him in three months' time and see where one sauce is at that point. Uh, Dion, as always, I appreciate the honesty, the openness, the candor, and kind of letting us all in on your uh, your journey here from uh, start to where you are right now. It's uh, very intriguing. I know you're helping a lot of people who are having the same kind of uh, an idea of getting into this business, and uh, we're all learning here from you, so I certainly appreciate that. Well, thank you, Greg, and I really appreciate you giving me the time to talk about it. No doubt. There he is, Dion Blumenrader. One sauce. Quickly coming, by the way. Hopefully by the end of next month, we will see the very first vestiges of one sauce. All right. We will go off the board next segment. 
Talk a little CBD oil. First, I will talk to you about Southside Market and Barbecue. Established in 1882, Southside is the oldest barbecue joint in Texas. They've been owned and operated by the same family for three generations. Famous for the original beef sausage, coarse ground in that natural pork casing. They also have authentic Central Texas barbecue to sell you as well. All the meats, including the prime briskets, are smoked low and slow for many hours over real Texas post oak wood. They ship nationwide via the online store, southsidemarket.com. They ship fresh and smoked sausages nationwide. Chippy customers can choose to order now, ship later, include a custom gift note, and mail to multiple addresses without additional charges. All shipped items vacuum sealed to ensure freshness and ease of preparation for the customer. They're also shipped on dry ice to ensure complete freshness upon arrival. All meats are processed in that on-site USDA-inspected facility, only one of a handful in the country. On-site meat markets for fresh and smoked products. Custom orders are welcome as well. Two restaurants if you want to eat. Elgin, Texas since 1882. Bastrop, Texas since 2014. They have grocery distribution through Texas and many surrounding states. And if you're not in Texas or many surrounding states, you can get 10% off your online purchase if you use code BBQCENTRAL. That's southsidemarket.com. Put everything in your basket that you want. Try the beef. Try the cheddar jalapeno. Pop in some ribs and a brisket. And then to save 10% off the entire order, as you check out, use code BBQCENTRAL. Lowercase one word, BBQCENTRAL. Southsidemarket.com. That's southsidemarket.com. Thanks to Nick and the gang over Southside. And we are back with Justin Adair right after this. Stick around. I'll be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via Bluetooth. If you have Alexa or the Google Assistant in your home, you're in luck because Fireboard fully integrated with both. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. All right, closing it out tonight, we go off the board, talk a little CBD oil. Not grilling oil, CBD oil, although maybe there's a thing going on. I don't know. I've never been, uh, I have been a believer and user of CBD for the past number of months. We'll get into that during the conversation, but let's go ahead and race to the hotline and welcome in. First time to the show, Justin Adair joins me. Justin, how are you, buddy? I am absolutely fabulous, Justin. Appreciate you making time this evening here. So, um, before we get into CBD and, and getting into the nuts and bolts and all that stuff, uh, maybe a little quick background about you business-wise, where you live, and uh, maybe if you're into live fire cooking and grilling. Yeah, actually, uh, the, a bunch of my business partners, they actually have a barbecue podcast. Um, so they've got the Smoker Pellet Grill, the Traeger out back. Yeah. They cook basically every night, and so I just come over here and freeload and eat, eat all their steaks and stuff. It's awesome. So 
I'm, uh, I'm pretty lucky to be around that. But uh, we are uh, from Austin, Texas, and um, we opened up a vape shop called Cloud Counter Vapor about five years ago. Um, and then the last three or four years, we've had tons of customers coming in asking for CBD. Uh, there's people with epilepsy, seizures. Um, there's people with Tourette's. There's all kinds of people that are asking for CBD. And we decided, you know, we didn't really know enough to get into that. Um, but we went ahead and went down the rabbit hole of trying to research and find out if that's something we want to do because I felt bad turning away so many people. Uh, so we went ahead and started researching it in October, and uh, we we just kept digging and started finding out more about CBD. And one of the issues that we ran across was who do we trust when it comes to CBD? I didn't know really what what how to go about ordering CBD online. Um, so we wanted to create an online marketplace for people so that they can kind of trust us to say, hey, they've already been through the the research process. We've gone to the actual facilities. We've met with the companies. Um, we've we traveled out to Colorado, and we're very picky about who we choose um, because it is you know something that we want to stand behind. And um, we're seeing really huge benefits for CBD and um, what it can do for people. So uh, we're really super excited. Justin Adair joining me here on the show, one of the partners at Early Bird CBD, and the website is earlybirdcbd.com, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, okay. Um, so let's kind of dig into it right off the bat here. Let's quickly hit on a few terms. First, that CBD, which is not straight up pot, correct? No. That's the difference is what's great about it is it's uh, CBD is a non-psychoactive component of cannabis. So you basically are getting the THC um, cannabis plant without the actual uh, getting high. You're getting the health benefits without being uh, stoned, you know? So there's a lot of people that don't really want to get uh, stoned when they're, uh, and also be able to get the health benefits of some of these things. So, um, you know, that's basically what that is. So, um, basically, the so is there the THC in it, or does the CBD oil not have that, and that's what's keeping you from getting high, per se? Yeah, so CBD, they have... Um, uh, you can get CBD with a uh, 0% THC. Oh, what's going on? Something happened here. Oh, I can hear you. You're fine. Okay, cool. Yep. You can get uh CBD without THC in it, but, um, the legal limit is 0.3%. Uh, so as long as it's below that, then you'd be fine. But I mean, we're talking about you would, it would have to do so much in order to just get a baby you know, a, a basic high. Um, so you're really not going to have any kind of side effects from that when it comes to the psychoactive part. So when you talk about the health benefits of marijuana and you also have to take on the high with that, but CBD oil doesn't uh, have to give you that high. Like what are the health benefits that you would get with marijuana? I don't necessarily correlate healthy and smoking pot. Yeah. So there's... um there's cannabinoid receptors in the endocannabinoid system um, that are inside your body. And basically, uh, CBD goes in and is able to help 
um, influence the body naturally to produce more of the naturally occurring endocannabinoids that you have so that it just ends up, it helps your body do a better job. There's a lot of pain relieving um, properties. There's uh, anti-inflammatory properties. So some of the things that I, I, would, I would say that can help you with is, for me, sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, sleep helps out a lot. It helps you kind of relax anxiety. Um, there's some PTSD uh, war vets that we, we uh, have customers that, that take that, and that helps them get through the day. Uh, there's also uh, topicals with pain um, creams and stuff that you can put on, and that just basically goes in and attaches to those endocannabinoid receptors and helps uh, produce more of what it needs. I'm not that savvy when it comes to, I'm not a doctor, I don't know the terms and stuff, but it kind of helps you, uh, inflammation, uh, anti-inflammation and stuff like that, so... Uh, Justin Adair joining me here on the show talking about CBD. Um, so obviously the interest was because people were coming in asking for it. You didn't really know about it. So you were turning people away. So from a business perspective, you don't want to turn away potential clients, but you also want to be able to service uh, what you are quickly finding out could be uh, benefits to them from a, a health perspective. But you're also not making it yourself. You're going out and uh, sourcing it through trusted CBD manufacturers. So uh, talk to me a little bit about that process and who you're choosing and why. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like maybe one day if we ever get to that point and I feel like I understand this well enough, we'll go ahead and do something like that. But really, I wanted to leave it up to the experts. They've got uh, really intelligent people. Um, they, they basically grow it from the farm all the way to the consumer. Um, so they've got extraction facilities that we went to go visit, um, which is way over my head, but I learned a lot. There was uh, some really intense uh, processes of how they do this and, and how careful and, and um, you know exact they are when it comes to these uh, expensive processes, which is why CBD is so expensive. But fortunately, we found companies that were able to uh, get the best quality product at a, a very low price because uh, CBD, what I'm excited about is what it can do for people um, to hopefully try to get them to, you know, have another option besides going and getting opiates and, and hardcore uh, prescription drugs. So it's really nice that there's another option out there that we're just exploring and that we're trying to go down that path of finding out what can it do for us. And it seems like it could do a lot of different things. But I will say it's not a miracle cure drug. You know, it's not going to solve your issues or your problems. It just kind of you know, I had my neck go out. I just put some cream on my neck and it actually kind of soothed it a little bit. So I was able to get throughout the day. But, um, you know, it doesn't really fix anything. It just kind of helps you, um, you know, it's almost like taking Tylenol or Advil. You know, you're not going to notice the benefits besides the fact that you're like your headache's gone, you know, stuff like that. I have been using CBD. It's a CBD oil. I take it sublingually. Um, I forget the the name of the manufacturer, but, but my wife did a whole bunch of research on it, and whatever she bought, she had deemed to be you know one of the best out there uh, at the time. And I take it in the morning, then I take it before I go to bed. Like you, I found that my sleep has become a lot more restful and a lot more sleepy. To uh, have a, a really bad phrase to throw out there. But I feel a lot more rested when I wake up. And I you know, maybe go to bed at 9, 30, 10 o'clock, but I'm up at 4.30 to get my workout in. Otherwise, I will not work out during the course of the day because I'm that kind of guy. So 4.30 seems to make 
I guess if I can say this, seems to make the best sense for me during the course of the day, but I feel rested because I've been taking it. The other thing that I had found was that I had some knee pain when I had first started working out. And after taking this for like a week or so, knee pain went away. I didn't change anything else. I didn't start icing. I wasn't stretching any more or less, but I can directly correlate the CBD oil to that pain in my left knee going away. So those were some of the things that I'm finding out are working for me uh, for the CBD. But you had mentioned you would rub some on your neck. Uh, I'm doing it on the tongue. What are the ways that people administer or deliver this to themselves? So for stress and for uh, fast acting type stuff, I really like to do a vape. I like the uh, CBD vape. That really helps out a lot when it comes to getting it fast. Um, if I'm stressed out a little bit, which I'm not really a stressful kind of person, but every now and then, you know, just kind of, it's almost like having a cup of coffee or something like that. I'll vape on my pen or right before bed, uh, go ahead and vape on that a little bit and I'm able to go to sleep. Uh, you've got tinctures are really something that you should probably stick to and consistently do every day, at least once a day, maybe twice a day. I do twice. I do morning and afternoon uh, all right, uh, before I go to sleep. Um, there's also topicals. So you've got your your lotions and your rubs uh, for <laughs> rubs for the uh, the <laughs> barbecue podcast. That's funny, uh, but yeah, you've got your rubs for like any kind of topical pain. Um, I've noticed it's helped out a lot of people where they don't really notice how well it worked until you ask them, "How was it? How's your you know how was the CBD?" And they're like, "You know what? Actually, I had a really good night's sleep. I'm not hurting." You know, and then they go and talk to their doctors and then they come back and they're, you know, they're buying some CBD and, and they're, you know, getting some good results. But everyone is different. So it's not going to be the same effect for every single person. So, um, you know, they've also got uh, gummies. So you can actually do edibles. They've got sleep time gummies, daytime gummies. Um, they have dog treats. So pets, uh, pet treats are actually really cool. Um, my pets, actually one of my dogs, he gets a little freaked out, fireworks, uh, yeah, yeah, car yeah, rides. Yeah. I give him some pet treats and he's doing great. He doesn't really freak out as much. Um, he's also older. So I've noticed he gets a little bit more peps in his step. It's not going to change everything, but it helps him out a little bit. Um, I had a cat not too uh, long ago that was, uh, the, the vet told us that we only have three months for the cat to live. It's got cancer. It's not going to make it. It started getting seizures. And, um, so basically I started giving it CBD and within, uh, the first week of giving her CBD, no more seizures. I took her off the CBD. Hmm. She got seizures again. Wow. So I gave it back to her and I never stopped. She lived for three years. They told me she had three months to live. So, oh. um, you know, I don't really know. I'm not an expert when it comes to a scientist. I can't, I didn't do studies on this, but it seemed like it, it really helped her with some of the benefits there. Justin, could you end up making a positive for marijuana drug test if you're subjected to that at work, if you take CBD? You know, I've heard a lot of different things. I haven't actually tested it, but I would, I always tell our customers, if you have a job like a trucker or you're working in an oil field, I wouldn't even try it. I wouldn't even, I think that it just depends on the job and what kind of drug test they have, but I wouldn't touch it um, when it comes to risking your livelihood. Uh, but they do have zero THC. So as long as there's no THC, then you can actually do that. And that's not a problem. The thing with that is, is uh, usually full spectrum is some of the best CBD because it has all the good stuff in there um, that you need that can actually do really good for you without 
taking out. In order to take out the THC, you have to extract it, which sometimes means uh, you're not going to really be able to get all of the terpenes and the the other um, the other benefits there. So it doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. It just means that I prefer full spectrum. Also, my lifestyle, I don't really worry about a drug test, so I'm not worried about it. Uh, Justin, last question before I let you go, and I appreciate the time tonight. As you're doing the research to figure out who you are going to be carrying on the website, which, by the way, is early birdcbd.com. How do you know the difference between crap CBD and great CBD? Well, we've tried a bunch of CBD and and once you start to, you know, one of the things is taste, uh, the color, um, you know, for me, I I look at some of the color and, and, uh, and then just doing the research also making sure that you can go and find some of these companies that have lab results uh, transparency is really big because this is the wild, wild west for CBD right now. It hasn't gotten to the point where you can trust all of the companies out there. But anything with uh, lab results and making sure it's full spectrum, um, I do research just to make sure that none of the companies that we're interested in are showing up on some kind of list for uh, not providing the actual amount of CBD that's in the actual, uh, you know, in the CBD itself. So. You know, it's it's right now. It's it's kind of hard. You know, it really is hard to figure out um, who who the companies you can trust are. But that's why we call them. That's why we show up at their front doorstep and say hi and try to put them into some awkward situations to make sure we can see their their whole setup. Uh, you can go to the website earlybirdcbd.com and check out all the products. Do you have like one or two that are selling more than anybody else? Yeah, everyone loves those nighttime gummies. I think a lot of people are super stressed and having a hard time turning off their brains and going to sleep. The nighttime gummies work really well. Um, and then I, I, I personally like the New Leaf, um, the New Leaf uh, Full Spectrum CBD. They've come in all different bottle sizes. It's on the pricey side, but you get what you pay for. That's why it is so expensive. The extraction process is super technical and really hard for them to do. So, uh, But you will notice the difference. And then the last thing would be the vape pen. I really enjoy some of those vape pens. The uh, Stanley Brothers. Stanley Brothers is actually the, the sister company of um, Charlotte's Web. Charlotte's Web was one of the first companies to come out with CBD and help a girl with uh, epileptic seizures and it helped her out and they, they were featured on 60 minutes and, um, they did a really cool, uh, you know, set up there. So they've actually come out with their own, uh, vape pen and, um, hmm. it's full spectrum. You can tell you can, it tastes a certain way, yeah, yeah. um, and also has great side effects. So, all right, this is Justin Adair. He's one of the partners at Early Bird CBD, and the website, again, is earlybirdcbd.com. If you're interested, go to the website, check it out. If people have questions, I assume there's some type of a contact page there where they can ask questions? Yeah, I think we've got all kinds of stuff. Uh, we've got right. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. we got a, a page on the actual website uh, where you can go ahead and j- just uh, sign in your email and shoot us an email and we'll go ahead and get back to you. We, we, uh, you know, we were pretty responsive. We usually get back to you within, you know, a couple hours or no more than a day. So we'll be back on it. All right, Justin, really appreciate the time tonight. Thanks so much. Hey, thanks a lot. Have a good one. You got it. There he is. Justin Adair from early bird CBD off the board as we end the show. But as I mentioned, I've been taking it for a couple months now, and 
Uh, for me, it's sleep. You know, it's just like the uh, bee pollen supplement that I've been taking for the last 10 years or whatever. I mean, I know it works for me because I don't get sick. Everybody else in my house gets sick. I take bee pollen for the last 10 years. I haven't been sick. Not even a cold. CBD oil, the rest is better. The pains aren't there. I mean, I could not take it and see if they come back, but, you know, I'd rather not. The website again, earlybirdcbd.com. Hopefully you enjoyed that off-the-board interview. And, I, I, you know, I think in the next couple years, uh, everybody's going to be re-examining pot, weed, marijuana, whatever you want to call it, the stigma that has been attached to it, and what the alternative benefits of that is compared to big pharma, opioid addiction, and everything that we're hearing about now. Again, the website, earlybirdcbd.com, and we're back right after this to wrap the show. Stick around. Injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. All right, welcome back. Thanks again to Justin Adair from Early Bird CBD, one of the partners there, earlybirdcbd.com, the website. Check out what they got. They have vetted out who they carry so you can trust that they're going to be providing you with the top-notch CBD. If you've heard about it, if you always wanted to give it a try, check them out. All right, let's call it a day. All the way back in the first hour, we talked with Stephen Reichlin. He's shooting uh, 12 days in a row of Project Fire Season 2. They're in Florida, East East of Gainesville? Hold on. West of Gainesville? There may or may not be boats sliding around that you might see. That'd be cool. We did talk a little bit of land there. I meant to talk a little land with Robin, but we were celebrating her 20-acre purchase. Congratulations to her and Scott. Hunter as well. They're going to be taking part in the second SEA event of the year, April 12th, so we'll get some feedback from her when she's on again next month. Also, look for her new book coming out on uh, April 7th, the Healthy Electric Smoker Cookbook book from Robin. Second hour, Dion Blumenreiter bringing us, uh, bringing us up to speed on where he is with his barbecue sauce, one sauce, barbecue documentary. Got bottles, getting ready to ship those to the co-packer. Hopefully, we'll have a bottle of one sauce here in the next month or so. And he's roughly 3600 bucks in right now. No net sales, but that'll change. And then we close it out with Justin Adair from Early Bird CBD. 
Big show playing for you next week, September 11th, 2001. I will never forget until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.